Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our Puget Systems Podcast live Q&A show. That's a, breath. That's a mouthful to say that all in one go. <laughs> um, and and oh, sorry, I got a little thrown off. Um, I'm really excited. This is a really cool one for me, too, um, as, a, as most of them are, actually. I'm happy to and proud to introduce Ash Thorpe. Um, did I say that right? It is. Yeah, just Ash Thorpe. Yeah, okay, super cool. easy. Yeah. Uh, founder and director of Alt Creative Inc., which is super cool. You guys do... Um, you know, VFX and directorial. I was kind of just scrubbing over your website, um, helping mm-hmm. out clients with all kinds of different stuff, right? Um, actually, I'll, I'll kind of let you give a little background on who you are and what you do. Oh, no, that's too much pressure. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my name is Ash Thorpe. Um, yeah, I'm uh, the president, I guess that's my title of Alt Creative. It's uh, we basically work on a lot of films and um, commercial projects and anything and everything in between um, a lot of passion projects and um, yeah, it's just based on passion and working on things uh, visually and um, I'm horrible at at this stuff. Honestly, I just simply like to create and my passion, I just simply create. That's it. There's no real like uh, rhyme or reason. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I just have to do art every day. It's just who I am. So yeah, <laughs> there's no choice in the matter. So yeah. Yeah. So it's a horrible explanation of what we do. So I apologize to those, but if you know who I am, you'd probably yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I like how you put that, though, that you just have kind of this drive, this need to create. Um, and I, I, I'd like to explore that a little bit. Has that just always been a thing or was there one particular like event that can, you can think of that really set you down this path? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been creating. I grew up pretty humble and didn't have a whole lot. So what I did have is like imagination. So and I've been doing art ever since I can remember, because, you know, even if you're poor, you can have like, you know, pen and paper is, is pretty obtainable. So since I was a kid, I would just be drawing, um, making it worlds, characters, ideas, stories, all that kind of stuff. And I simply haven't stopped. I've just continued doing that same thing I've done as a kid. So it's kind of like a Groundhog's Day uh, repeating itself over and over, but yeah, now it's turned into a really incredibly successful career and, um, a very blessed life that's come from it and it's been years and years of hard work. I'm 38 now and I just been creating ever since I can remember now. So yeah, it's a, it's been a, it's been quite a journey and a really great one too. Very blessed. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, right on. Yeah, I like, that's that's good to it's good to hear when you can take those sort of childhood passions and you don't have to let them go. You know. Yeah. And, and actually, there's build. no choice. I like that. That's warms warms your soul. A little. Uh, so I'd I'd like to touch on um you have you got this company you guys do all kinds of different uh, it seems like it's a bit of a variety of. Uh, work depending on th- what the client needs and stuff. What um, is it just you? And and then to expand on that, what sort of like tools and software do you use to kind of help these people get to where they need to go? Sure. That's a great question. Well, <clears throat> All Creative is kind of like a hybrid company. So, and we've been doing this for, I think All Creative, we've been in effect and for about eight years now, maybe nine years. Um, but it's, it's basically myself and my wife is uh, my producer and manager. And, um, 
and we expand and contract based on the project. And I only just hire like close friends or people that, um, that I really trust. And then we just have very small teams of very compacted talent and we just kind of, uh, attack projects and work intensely on things. And then, um, sometimes it's just me and then, or sometimes it's a team of like 10 people expands and contracts based on, um, how intense the project is when it's due and all that kind of stuff. So, but we've been doing this business model um, for a long time. This, since COVID has been interesting because a lot of business models has shifted to the digital side using mm-hmm. the computer as big interface, you know, whereas it used to be like, you know, in-person meetings and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, we've been doing that for a while. So it does expand. It comes, uh, it's either myself and my wife, obviously um, kind of taking care of projects or, or it can expand out to like, you know, potentially, I think the biggest project we had was like maybe seven, eight people at one time on it. So Wow. Yeah. I forgot your other question. Oh, uh, like software. Oh, software. Oh man. So much software. Yeah. I, I was, we were talking about before this, I use a, a Mac and I also use a PC. Um, and I can go into that later on if anybody has questions about that. But, um, I mean, there's a lot of softwares that I use on a daily basis, obviously like, you know, the touchstone software is like Photoshop, all the Adobe stuff. So Photoshop, uh, Adobe bridge. I use a lot. Adobe illustrator for all vector stuff, Adobe after effects for like most of the compositing and all that kind of stuff too and grading and all that stuff i use lightroom i use premiere um my standard cinema um, 3d package i use is cinema 4d i'm literally looking at my taskbar and just calling them out uh i grade a lot (laughs) of my footage i have it well it's always there you know so these are just uh some of the um some of the programs that i use I also use DaVinci Resolve for grading things. Um, I use OBS for like recording videos. I do a lot of directing and stuff from afar. So I make a lot of videos to explain like the ideas I have. Font Explorer for handling like the hundreds of thousands of fonts that I have because I like to go through all that kind of stuff. ZBrush for all soft body modeling. Uh, I use Daz 3D sometimes for like building assets for blocking scenes. Substance Painter obviously for doing texturing stuff. Sometimes I use Houdini for creating like VDBs or just doing Houdini things which is obviously like the weirdest stuff and the most powerful thing. So um, I use pure ref for like checking out references and stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, I use, I'm starting to learn blender right now. Okay. I, I, I do use um, fusion 360, which is an Autodesk program for its CAD um, pyometric uh, mm-hmm. modeling. And, um, and I've started learning Moy moments of inspiration a little bit as well. Okay. And I make all my music on Ableton. So wow. uh, Ableton's another thing too. So yeah. Wow. And on the PC, I use like um, other stuff too. So because it's proprietary to Windows only operating system. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but com- programs have gotten a lot better at like making both at the same time. Um, programs. It wasn't like that maybe five years ago. It was like True. PC got all the love basically for all like heavy CGI intensive stuff, which I get it because it wasn't you know it just kind, kind of how it was. Power is. Yeah, yeah. It's totally. I totally agree. So, yeah. But wow. I'm. It's- traditionally a, a mac user like that's i've actually been using apple products since forever so but okay yeah, yeah. Wow. But, but i like them both it's just the different ways of using things so yeah yeah and yeah. I, I tend to kind of i mean i've always been a pc guy myself but i've i had to use a mac for certain software program you know mm-hmm. like you said there's just sometimes you have to and you know, you got to use the right tool for the job. So, yeah, uh, I don't like going down those like Mac versus PC sort of things. There's goods and pros and cons, you know, if we're being honest, there's pros and cons. And it's all about how you like to interact with things, you know. So, um, I mean, sometimes my PC works super good and sometimes my Mac doesn't. And mm-hmm. there's no rhyme or reason. It's just some kind of weird update or some kind of weird 
to you know something happens <laughs> these are very complicated machines you know oh, so because yeah. i have like the the one of the top tier versions of mac that mac makes and then we'll talk about our build that we did together with the yeah, puget mm -hmm. systems build too and that's also quite a, an, an insane machine too so yeah I'm, I'm curious so what what was it that ended up kind of um making you think of having to get a windows pc um <clears throat> i had made the shift to windows i almost went all the way into windows uh using windows only um it was like shoot it's like back when octane was really popping off and okay. back when um mike beeple uh was doing a lot of stuff and he was kind of he, he inspired me to really get into the gpu rendering mm -hmm. um him and raul marx raul marx does a lot of really incredible beautiful work um a lot of title sequences and stuff too was, so I, I believe it was the two of them and that was probably back when octane was first starting first got on the board maybe like five years ago so five six yeah so that's when i got my first build and or i built my first machine i had a friend of mine help me it was like i forget 780 t 780s yeah i think that's what wow. it was yeah 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 so i've been in the game since the beginning of octane yeah wow that's pretty cool. I because there was no way to do what they were doing on a Mac, and that back then was actually quite funny because I had like such an old ver an old Mac, so I wasn't even like a. I really started to get into CGI about five years ago, four or five years ago. That's when I started to really make the push into CGI. Before that, I was more of a designer and like a director kind of artist kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Um. So, so now instead of replacing the Mac, it's it's kind of side by side um what how does that work how does your workflow um i know i i suppose this is going to be a bit of a broad question because it's going to depend on the job and the client and things like that but in sure. a general sense how does your workflow how do you combine them yeah okay so um so the two computers you mean right how yeah do, how do they work okay. together for to get your work done my primary day to day and most like 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 all my editing is done on my Mac. It seems okay. to be where it just seems to work a little bit smoother. Some something going on with Premiere and Adobe. So hmm. that's just for me. Um, I, a lot of my After Effects, almost all my After Effects, is done on my Mac too because it's hmm. got um, really good. I have two hundred fifty six gigs of like ultra fast RAM in there. So okay. that's so basically uh, editing and doing compositing stuff. A lot of it's heavy on there. But keep in mind, this is before I have my new pc that you guys uh -huh. built so i'm going to potentially little hmm. yeah yeah i know i'm going to actually start pushing and testing it the only problem is just like having to migrate all the plugins i use a lot of plugins a lot of mm. things so migrating that is a it's a day's task and it's like using a day up in my time my life right now is very very taxing so <clears throat> so basically that um a lot of photoshop drawing um, clip studio paint drawing all that kind of stuff i do a lot of that basic 3d stuff now i use corona i actually do a lot of previs and like using my mac for corona then i move everything to the pc but keep in mind we're two days we're two weeks into my new build and right. i've and and actually maybe like a week and a half to me like actually getting everything to where it needs to be on there and set and everything and um so i haven't really got in there and got comfortable and and start stressing it pushing it really hard you know so because okay. my goal is always to just destroy everything and just get in there and just push everything to the max you know so yeah yeah, no, <laughs> yeah which great. which is what you guys did for the build but we'll talk about that too so yeah but anything intense wise like anything with using octane um mm -hmm. and anything um with corona 
mm-hmm. like using intense renders and stuff like that, then I jump right into the PC. So a quick layout for hardware is I have my Mac kits here. I have a st- stand desk. It's electronic. And then I have my Puget system as well right here in my, my PC computer. Um, I should just call it. Yeah. This is my P- Puget computer. Okay. And then I have, um, my BenQ 40 inch or 30 inch um, 4K monitor. It's really amazing monitor and it has a built in KVM. And then below here, I have um, um, a Cintiq that's angled so I can draw. It's a Cintiq QHD 32 inch. So it's a big monitor um, as well. So I have like a monitor here that I work with and then, then a monitor here. So, and then my, my main, BenQ is I have a KVM, so I'm switching between the Mac and PC in real time. And then I have these, uh, I have a Logitech um, mouse and keyboard. I think mm-hmm. this is, uh, I forget what this is called. It's like, it, um, mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, but this thing has a technology called Flow. And Flow, you can hit a hotkey com- command um, and you can jump between your other computers on the fly. So it's very seamless. Yeah. So I basically, my Wacom is always on the Mac because it can't jump because it doesn't have a KVM built in. Sure. But then my main my main top computer, which I do a rendering and all that kind of stuff, scene compositions, all that kind of stuff that I use that for jumping back and forth. So it is a weird system. It's very kind of bespoke the way that I like to work. But yeah. um, I like to get a lot of things done. And I also like like a power user of apple stuff and then obviously power user pc things as well too so yeah so that's kind of the frankenstein yeah i would like to have a different setup but at the same time because i draw i can't just have two monitors i would love to have just two monitors you know but i can't so because it would just be weird and i can't have like a split in the middle here i'm kind of ocd so oh yeah yeah Yeah. the bezel always gets a little weird I put a lot of thought into this and I try to make the best most optimal ergonomic system as well too. And I have like a like a Herman Miller chair that I've had for like 10 years or something. The embody chair is actually really good. And this is Sandes allows me to work like 14 16 hour days with like a pad so. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I work a lot. Pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. Not stopped. <laughs> so, I mean, has it been has there been any any major troubles going back and forth like that is it pretty easy to work that that's between the two of them sometimes windows will act up and like not engage the logitech flow and that really okay. upsets sets me you know like sometimes windows like hey i updated on uh, just randomly i'm like hey, i didn't say to do that so yeah. at least mac does that so i think there's a way i need to go into the new machine actually and turn that all down because mm-hmm. i hate updates because as i listed out some of the programs if i'm using that many programs in one thing they are all updating and then the mac has updating and the pc's oh, updating man. it's like the time i go into a computer or into a, a program one week's different i'm like what happened where's the button that was always there and i have to go google and then a thing that should have taken five minutes everybody that's on the chat that does this kind of stuff i'm sure is fully aware of the pain and pressure of like actually getting big intense things done on a computer is it's not easy to do so yeah but it's actually, it's, it's not bad. You know, I should have, if I was a really disciplined person, I would have just made the jump to PC, but I'm so comfortable. And the great thing about this is I can let the PC just burn, rip it, rip mm-hmm. through everything. And I'm just like on the Mac, no problems. I'm just jumping yeah. through and, or I can have the Mac blasting and I can jump to the PC. So I'm constantly having them both in tandem working. So oh, nice. Yeah. And I'm working on like multiple things like that thing's rendering here and this thing's going there and I basically lay it all out so I can have like optimal, um, uh, optimal, uh, output, I guess, you know? Yeah. 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 And b- before we go any further, I do want to say to the audience as well that 
do feel free to ask any questions as well. This is, this is we're trying here to you know provide a lot of value for you and uh, and anybody in the future who watches the the recording as well. Uh, so if you do have any questions for Ash um, about the hardware or anything that he you know dabbles in, uh, do feel free to uh, ask in the chat, and we'll get you we'll get your questions answered. Um, I actually wanted to jump on one that came in right as we started from uh, Dimitri Morrison on YouTube. He asks, Ash, when is the Star Wars project dropping? <laughs> We're actually wearing this. I actually just realized it. I grabbed this shirt randomly. Uh, so Star Wars project is a fan film that I've been directing, and it's been taking like three years. <laughs> it's been forever. Um it's not going to, I think we're probably going to drop um, towards the end of the year if all things goes well. Um, we it, It's not a short film anymore. COVID kind of ruined it. Um, we were supposed to do some reshoots because I needed more coverage to get the film done. So we're actually, we're actually doing a pretty big, uh, amazing trailer for the world and stuff too. And I'm teaming up with an incredible, incredibly talented team over at um, uh, Rebel Way their visual effects school and oh, been yeah. teaming up with those amazing people, Saber and Uber, uh, urban and everybody there. It's really good people. So, yeah. So, um, so long story short, it's, uh, it's been intense and mm -hmm. very challenging. It's probably the most challenging project I've ever worked on just because it's star Wars and it has to be amazing. And, yeah. uh, it's demanding. We have some scenes that like, there's like seven, gig seven plus gigs of just vdb information in just one shot yeah it's really intense super super intense and they're using houdini for like the heavy shots and stuff too so but yeah long story short i'm super excited about it it's just going to take some more time so <laughs> i wanted it done like three years ago so <laughs> yeah but we have some crazy stuff we've done some crazy partners with like the team at weta for props and stuff it's been oh, cool. really quite a journey and though we shot the we shot out in the desert and it was just such a beautiful experience so but yeah i've totally realized that this is on here so apologies for the delay but at the same time it's completely self-funded we spent okay. a lot of money on this and like yeah. also just like propelled by like you know the spirit of just getting things done so and asking a lot of favors from a lot of amazing people that are incredibly busy and willing to give their time and talent so it's just been quite a journey so yeah yeah someday nice. so hopefully at the end of this week or the end of this year yeah <laughs> yeah awesome oh, well yeah. i'm i'm definitely gonna start i hadn't known about it so i'm gonna start looking at this i like star wars a lot oh, okay cool yeah this one's cool to keep an eye on yeah it's an interesting one yeah we've got yeah. another question uh a couple two people asked basically the same question on youtube ren wang and, and gina taylor asked um how do you set up and transfer storage between your two the mm. Mac and, and the PC? Super good question. Thanks for asking it and thanks for being here. Uh, so with storage, I basically have, um, I forget what it's called. It's like a 10 bit ether mm -hmm. cable. So I have a underneath my big monitor, what keeps my monitor like up high is uh, I have a Synology NAS and oh, it's yeah. uh, 72 terabytes. I need to get another one soon because it's almost filled up. <laughs> Yeah, good old EXR sequences. They're so uh, <laughs> huge, you know? Each wow. frame is like 300 megabytes or something. But yeah, because the 32-bit, um, you know, lossless data information is like insane. Um, 
so and i work a lot in 32-bit um, when i do final like um, compositing stuff but yeah so basically my pc and my mac share then off the nas and the nas okay. um, it basically is just networked inside so it's basically in here and basically um through finder explorer and finder I, it, mm -hmm. my nas is always right there and i just have a very clean organized system where all my assets and everything are so because in cinema 4d you need all your stuff to link so it's all like here's my HDRIs and here's my textures and here's this and that. So it's all very cleanly put together so I can just pull on anything I need at, at once. It, it took a while and it took a while to actually set it up and to transfer all this data. Cause I used to have like hard drives all over the place and stuff. And I was like, this is bull crap. I can't do this, you know? So yeah. So that's how I kind of pass things around and I archive files. And I also use the NAS, the NAS, um, one of the discs can go out. I forget there's a term, you probably know the term Houston. Um, like well, the, can, it's like a raid right you can pull one yeah out and then yeah swap in a new one. one of them could fail and it's yeah. i'm not going to lose anything i forget there's a name for that it's like not uh, uh, redundancy the, redundancy the number yeah a raid uh, yeah um a redundant array of independent discs there you go yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and then so i made different it. flavors for different reasons and stuff so yeah exactly so yeah eat the raid is filled with eight terabyte drives and there's eight of them i think eight of them yeah, or some more than that so ten, there are 12 ter ter terabytes i can't remember but yeah that's uh, what i do know is that i'm filling it up and i need to get another one and dump stuff oh, off wow. of it soon and put it in a safe or something too yeah, so big, big cold storage <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can figure something out. Yeah, because it's, it's only I'm only going to be making more stuff. So, right. but yeah, yeah, it was an expensive uh, uh, thing to do, but it was actually really worth it. I think all in all, it was like four or five thousand dollars because the hard drives and the thing, the system itself at the time. So, yeah, but. I was just like, uh, I want to have it protected and safe. My only worry is like, if there's a fire in the house, I got to like throw the monitor off and pull it out. You know, hopefully I can grab it. So yeah. <laughs> all important yeah. stuff goes up and gets saved to the cloud anyways. So, oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. Let's see here. I have long answers for short questions today. So I apologize. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I, I think it, uh, it's, I feel like it, hey, sometimes you have to get into the, the details of these things. So it's, yeah, it's good. Um, Carlos um, on YouTube asks, are you planning to jump to Unreal 5? <laughs> I thought, and I could be mistaken, but I thought I heard something about you dabbling into virtual production. <laughs> That's my buddy, Carlos. Um, Carlos also goes by Color Sponge, and he's one of my really good friends, and we do a lot of CGI stuff together. He's, in, he's one of the best. He's an incredible artist. So hello, Carlos. And we were just talking about that. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and he actually, I got a lot of tips on my build that we're going to probably talk about in detail mm -hmm. from Carlos, what hardware he was using and what was working best for him. And he's also turned me on to like using Corona, which has got me really into like CPU rendering and stuff. So uh -huh. shout out to Carlos for that, because that's kind of a, like the impetus of that. Unreal 5, um, yeah, you know, like when you watch like the, um, you, when you watch them do their presentation, it's like, this is the best thing and it's gonna be so easy and it looks awesome. And then I go and use it, I'm like, this is so horrible. I'm having such a like hard time like getting the things to work. So okay. not to shoot them down, not to, be, I'm just being realistic. It's like, I think that 
Um, and I've spoken to a couple artists that are really heavy duty using this. Like I think Maché is here even. Maché got really into it and he said it's it's an intense program. And like any of these programs, it takes a lot of knowledge and a lot of skill and a lot of seat time to actually get it so that's fluid. Sure. So I would love to work with it because when I look at the presentation, I'm like, this is amazing. And I would love to do that. But the, the entry play is so, so long, you know, and sure. the next program to be learned that I'm learning right now that Maché has actually been and um, showing me is Blender because we have a project that we're developing. So Blender is probably in the next thing and then eventually Unreal. But yeah, I mean, there's always a cost, you know, like there's something right. that you're always going to pay for something, you know, so um, whether it's your sleep or your sanity. So most likely it's both <laughs> of those, you know, if you're me, it's like you just like I went to sleep at like eight in the eight in the morning and then I woke up at oh, 12 man. today. So yeah, we're on a four hour day. So wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeez. nonstop. Yeah. But yeah, so no Unreal 5 just yet. It looks incredible though and props to the team and I would like to get into it eventually. Sure. So because I'd love to make my films real time and also just make experiences. That would be the best thing and hopefully that's where we're going to get to and they're doing yeah. some incredible stuff by like merging with mega scans and building those like a hybrid big assets and stuff, world assets, like mm -hmm. outstanding, super, super cool. So I'm just, uh, as a user, as a power user, I'm just very aware of like, okay, I know that you're saying this, but it's like, what's the cost and how long is it going to take for me to actually get familiar enough to like oh, yeah. understand it, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> one more thing to add to the list of software that you're... <laughs> it's, I have it. I have wow. it. I downloaded it because I'm like, hmm, I should definitely play with it at some point. But right now my goals are, I, I can't play with it too much i have too much on the plate right now so i'm barely trying to like learn the things that i currently learning like i need to really focus in on like poly modeling and stuff that's like the thing that bothers me the most poly modeling and uvine it's like serenity now so oh, yeah it's it kind of goes it's counterintuitive to like the way that i like to work so it's like oh i gotta figure out you know how to puzzle make puzzles and stuff so yeah <laughs> but cool. yeah. yeah wow all right, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned you mentioned Devlin into Corona, and um, and and that was part of what um what we focused your Puget Systems workstation toward. Um, and so and that leads us to the next question from YouTube as well. Stephen Gerhardt asks, "Did you prioritize the CPU with the new machine, or throw two thirty nineties in there?" Followed mm -hmm. by, "Since you've been doing so much Corona." <laughs> yeah, actually, um, so that's a great question. Thanks for being here, Steve. And so the the um, the machine actually is designed to do dual, be dual. So it's like I have two 3090s in there, and I also have um, the 64 core Threadripper in there as well. Okay. So it's I got the best of both worlds as as much as we could fit in one small compact compacted box little toaster oven, basically. So yeah, because I still use uh, Octane a lot. Um, I use it. I use Octane primarily with Cinema 4D. I use with I use Cinema 4D with um, Corona as well, but I use Octane primarily for a lot of my concept art and stuff because I like the look and feel of the AI denoiser. It kind of makes it look already painterly, so it gets me halfway there. And the way the GI kind of works, it feels like a painting more than like say reality. Like whereas Corona, I think is more. But there's a debate. People are gonna get mad at me, but I feel like there's a little difference in the GI. Um, the way that it's calculated and I've done a lot of tests and again, don't get mad at me people. This is literally my own truth that I found. I've even tested V-Ray on 3D Studio Max on my PC with GPU rendering versus 
CP rendering, there's a total difference that I saw in the way that the lights calculated the algorithm or whatever it might be, the math that's behind calculating the light ray balances and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it they're different. And so I was really surprised the way that GPUs calculate things in comparison to CPUs. So oh, yeah. And that's just my opinion. I know that, you know, I love, I adore V-Ray's renders. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. And some of the best renders I've ever seen come from V-Ray. And also somebody that really knows how to composite, let's say like an Alex Roman, for example, like who did the third and the seventh, like still one of the best things CGI wise that's been created over the years. But I've seen incredible stuff come from Octane. I think like the sure. team at um, Big Lazy Robot um, did a bunch of stuff with their thing and they use octane and it looked really incredible too so a lot of it just comes down to the user and their ability to really push the thing so i don't want to make an argument about either one being better it's just for me i found my own truth that i found that what works best and what looks best for me so so yeah long story short i have both so yeah yeah and that's why and that machine is built to handle heavy cart corona stuff and heavy octane stuff and it does both of them well i just crushed a bunch of stuff at it and i was like "Mm, let's see how this goes so yeah yeah and abby uh silva asks uh, about the cooling solution was it air or water and i'm i'm a little curious on that myself because i know uh i know we could we could have gone either way i Mm. think i think we went well i just put it in the refrigerator i'm just joking no (laughs) no, we we used air yeah and and the really cool thing one of the things that you'll find out too about um going and employing a company like puget to do your build which is awesome the one and, and i always got i also got to give a big shout out to Mache kachada who is my friend who actually told me about you guys and recommended me to get you guys to build my next build and he was going on and on and raving about how great the um your guys service was and i didn't i didn't realize it until i actually did it myself and you guys do like thermal camera mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to check how the the air flows through the computer so mm-hmm. it's air and you guys did some crazy documentation i have actually the the pamphlets over here on my shelf but it's got like all the breakdowns of how like where the heat is how it gets dispersed where it moves and i also have it like put in my office in a strategic way so everything can flow nicely so everything gets moved out so yeah we could have went with water but i always worry about water because of maintenance and all that kind of stuff and yeah you know, it, it definitely helps having water blocks and stuff definitely helps keep the temps down. But mm-hmm. yeah, we just went Gen- with air. Generally, we uh, at least for Puget, we would go with uh, all-in-ones rather than like custom loops for that very reason. The the maintenance and and oftentimes the, the hassle, um, if a yeah. part fails, you got to swap out a graphics card or a CPU or something. You got to tear the thing apart, refill it or send it yeah. back to us. There's the damage. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it it can get a little hairy. When you Plus, it's water in a machine. You're like, oh. well, <laughs> nah. I'm just joking. It's, yeah, it's right. It's, it's a like fluid. It's like a radi- radi- yeah, or um, <laughs> some other sort of. Um, I heard his Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen YouTube videos like that. Oh no, really? Okay, yeah. I, I was just making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> now I've, I've I actually the only water cooled systems I've had is like my past. I built I built my other machines and like you like you like you said I got them from Nvidia. Yeah, they were built into the extractual, um, the GPU, and they had like an external fan that would be like a water block that's inside and all that kind of stuff. And that worked good too. It kept the temps down and stuff. So it definitely is effective. It's just we went with an air, an air cooled, kind of like an old Porsche. Yeah, well, air cooled Porsche. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it still I'm does the job. Fan of ha of of air cooling. Ha, yeah, <laughs> it does get loud. I'm like, hey, quiet down over there. Yeah, that's, that is kind of the rub when it comes to. 
well, any of the you start have good headphones, the high end stuff, and you just yeah. can't help it. It's yeah, because even even with a liquid cooler, it's still kind of air cooled. You got to blow air across that radiator, and yeah, if it's getting hot, 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 it's you got to blow more air across it, so it's gonna get loud no matter what. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll handle this one. Gene and Taylor asked, "What case did you guys go for?" It's a Fractal Design Define mm-hmm. XLR two. Oh big- damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I thought that you guys think this is big. Usually you see my other case because the other case is like four or five inches taller and like maybe two inches wider than this one. Ooh. Yeah, it was big boy. Yeah. Like it was like a Blackhawk Ultra or something. That's huge. It don't like get much bigger than the XL. Yeah. It's, I don't even know what the name of this thing is. It's some sort of big beast, but I had three GPUs in there is why. So ah, I got sure. the big beast so I could stack them all in there and have enough room. Cause I had a big uh, motherboard and like that motherboard had like, I think eight or no six um, PCIe, I guess. I don't know what you call those little things that the, mm-hmm. the GPU clicks into. Yeah, no, you so it. yeah, six of those. And, but like the GPUs are so fat, they take up two lanes basically. So there's three of them, but now the new 3090s, I, I haven't even looked into my machine, but I hear those are really thick, really big uh, GPUs. Hefty. Yeah. It's yeah. like two, 2.7 or like two and a half slots, basically. It, oh. <laughs> oh no. Something just slipped off my the head. world. Houston's right. world. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm still at least the beard's still here, so we're in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had I was going on before our call about um how impressed I am with Houston's beard. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. And I can't like in mine, man, just like totally getting owned right now in the beard oh. world. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you're, you're just not shaving, right? <laughs> My wife won't let me. Yeah. That's funny. It's the other way around. With me. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, now it's become your identity because you've been doing it for so long. So, right. It's, yeah. That's true. It's been yeah. like eight years, I think. That's a long time to be yeah. growing some hair. Yeah. yeah. Impressed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's spend the rest of this thing talking about romantically talking about your beard. Oh, I think that'd be I great. Think my boss would get upset at me. <laughs> A different podcast, maybe. <laughs> beard Bros. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, somebody had mentioned. Um, uh, a, a podcast maybe that you've been related to Jacob uh, asks any plans with the collective podcast. Yeah. Hey Jacob. Um, so yeah, I did a podcast called the collective podcast. I did it for about five years or so. We did about 230 episodes. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And just interviewed, you know, just, it was based on art and creatives. That was it. And we just talked about very open and candidly about art and the industry and stuff. You know, I don't know. It's like, I kind of lost my love for that, ep- for doing it. And, um, you know, I can only do these kind of things because it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's, there's no, there's no, um, return other than like the, the, the spiritual return that comes from me, like just having good conversations with strangers. And then also like the exchange of giving that data and information out to inspire others. So that's the only thing that ever really kept me alive for the years that I did it. So, but I just got so busy and, um, it does take a lot of work, you know, you have to plan it and there's all these people that kind of cancel things last minute. And it's like, I mean, you know, I'm sure you deal with this all the time. So it's like wrangling kittens in a sense, you know? So, um, but I would love to do it again and potentially, um, I might bring it back eventually. So, um, because I do miss parts of it, do love having honest conversations now. So more than ever, I feel like we definitely need like a real straight voice in this space because NFT things gotten like full ape crap. Sorry. I don't want to swear this. I know it's probably like a clean podcast. So yeah. 
Okay, yeah, ape shit. I think we can say one. shit. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. I'll just okay, I'll keep it. I'll keep it try. But um yeah, so but I would love to bring it back. I know it's been asked all the time, almost every time I post something. So it's like, where's the podcast? Like this has nothing to do with the podcast, you know. So but I appreciate it. It's got a pretty I didn't even realize how many people listen to it. It's got a huge loyal following and it's been it's been a really blessing it's helped a lot of people apparently so a lot of this is just a real honest conversation kind of thing and it was had we, we were doing it before i felt like really anybody was doing it in our industry i don't know if that's true but i just didn't there wasn't anything there and that and that's why we did it because it was like oh it'd be good to have like you know honest conversations joe rogan style and just yeah. kind of just talk about art and industry and, and and really be real about things and and so yeah i definitely miss that part but it's just a lot of work a lot of time so someday yeah. i have to say the one of the best parts about about doing this sort of thing is um i'm sort of a audience surrogate i like to say i'm mm. kind of the every man right uh i don't i am not heavily into a lot of these creative uh industries and stuff and so i learn a lot as, as kind of the go-between and it it's endlessly mm. fascinating i get i get so jazzed on the passion for mm. from other people and hearing about you know the stories of of like the why you get you mm. know you spend 14 16 hours a day like mm. Man, if you didn't if you didn't love it to your core, you couldn't. Yeah. You'd have you'd no. have quit a decade ago or something, you know. And it's so cool to hear that. I love it's, it. It's very reciprocating. Like yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's it's a very um, it's a very uh, beautiful ecosystem. So um, I would love to keep doing it. I need to come back to it with like pure intention, pure heart, and do it only for pure reason of just the love of doing exactly what you just said, which is like showcasing and 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 really presenting that rawness of just the love of art. No, anything else attached to it is just the love of doing art and that's it. And, 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 and the, the obsession that we all have and, and sharing that obsession and that path and journey, because we're quite unique and weird people. If you think about it in society's norm, we're very odd people and to find a tribe and stuff. And I think maybe that's why it's like resonated. I don't know. I, I don't really think about it much and I never really listened to episodes ever. So I, was like, I just, yeah, I just kind of let it be a thing and then I just kind of move on. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so pure i like that so much that feels really nice uh, i try to keep it as real as possible so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Cool. yeah i want to talk about nft that's yeah a big thing right now sure um, it's been a thing for a while but it's it's now very in the spotlight um mm -hmm. like you said mike mike Beeple and um actually i think justin uh is is was is in the chat um which is that's super cool i know justin's like kind of a teenager and he's blowing up in this space and a lot of people Good for you justin yeah, yeah. It's, it's blowing my mind mm. um so uh, just what are your kind of just thoughts on nft and and where it's come from where it is and where it's going yeah it's a big one i mean it's a big topic it's a big because it's a paradigm shift you know and and full disclaimer i don't know that like an inkling of how powerful this really is but the little thing that i've seen and my friends who've their lives have been changed by it it's been enough for me to wake up to it um but yeah it's basically non-fungible tokens uh for those that aren't aware of what an nft is that's what it stands for um it's people are now finding have found a way to um create authorship and ownership of a digital object or item or something that's made digitally which is 
unprecedented. It's a very unique thing because before this, in the art world, it was just, you know, you'd do a painting or a sculpture and it was a thing that you could feel and touch in the tangible world. But as humans, as a species, as a, as, 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 as we all are living so much more digitally now, like we have, we want to find value in that digital space. And the very smart and pioneers of this space are really seeing the value in that and they're pointing value to that. So now we're in this really crazy time where digital artists like myself i can only speak about myself i know my story a little bit because he's a friend of mine too and if you're not familiar with people and all that kind of stuff like google him and see what he's been doing because it's been crazy it's been amazing i was i was on this we use this app called clubhouse and it's like Mm -hmm. this this yeah i'm sure you're familiar with it and i was there he had invited me there when um he had that crazy Christie's auction, the $69 million auction. And it was like, I was right there and I was like, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was so happy for him. And yeah, it's just been, it's been crazy. So long story short, um, I didn't think this was going to happen in my lifetime. I didn't, I didn't know. And I'm so excited and thankful. It's been around for quite a long time. I didn't, he wasn't even mm-hmm. fully aware. And Mike was doing it for a while too, before all that too. And he was like, you know, telling me about it. And I was talking to him about it, but I was very busy and I was like, okay, well, maybe someday I'll do it and stuff. So, but yeah, now I'm, I actually had my first Genesis NFT, the first NFT I've ever minted. I, we just finished the minting process yesterday, actually, which oh, is cool. really, that was quite a journey. It's, I'm surprised about the amount of work and time it takes to actually go through this whole process. Like, you know, um, documenting the work very cleanly and clearly. And then, well, I'm, I'm going all my, my, my first NFT is with Christie's auction house, which are mm-hmm. Christie's basically. And it's been around since 1700s or something crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've been but around it's, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, it's basically what I'm trying to do my best is control the value of my narrative and um, not get lost in the FOMO because there's a lot of money and like the Bitcoin things and the crypto stuff. Right. And it's like, it's crazy, you know, like you're seeing a lot of money, a lot of people getting rich and stuff. So, which is good. It's cool to see artists being celebrated and art to be celebrated and art to be a, a thing where wealthy people are able to put their money into and also mm-hmm. kind of like, instead of putting in like some kind of hedge fund or something like that they're investing in artists in that whole space which is really unique and it's interesting and um yeah it's just it's quite it's quite crazy that i've learned so much more about like finances and all that kind of stuff more than i ever thought i would ever (laughs) in my life you know because nfts and that's also a blessing just to be educated about you know art art history and like getting back to understanding like how the legacy gets built and stuff so um but yeah, so NFTs are gnarly. They're huge. Um, they're a big deal, and they're not going away. Um, I think uh, they're here to stay. And uh, yeah, it's a big deal. It's I would definitely, if you're an artist and you're interested in it, I know there was this whole thing with the eco. Um, there was like eco problems that were happening because of the amount of uh, oh, the, co- cost of, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and this there was some truth to that, which is really good. And I got, um, I think it got uh shown and also exposed and stuff and there's a you know everybody's got agendas you gotta be very careful where you get your news and how you get it from and don't just take people's words for facts you know if you do some digging you can understand what the data is um but you know because i i'm not i don't ever watch the news or follow that kind of stuff i get a lot of my news from just finding it myself but at the same time asking multiple ranges of people that i know that are knowledgeable in the space and getting like a an average of understanding you know so yeah yeah. So, but I think a lot of that, there's, there's some new stuff. There's some new technologies coming to proof of stake and all that kind of stuff that's changing the way that, um, the things are calculated, the, the you know, the algorithms and the, and the 
processes to actually get your stuff minted and, and on, on the blockchain and all that kind of stuff too. So, um, but yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's really crazy. And you know, it's one thing that for me, at least as an artist, it like will help me, it'll, it'll allow me to have financial freedom to actually just focus on being an artist rather than mm-hmm. you know, being an artist for clients and stuff like that, which I definitely I'm happy to do. It's just, I, if I had a choice in life, I would just simply make the work that I want to make. And that's yeah. a selfish endeavor, but it's, you know, I'm very honest about my intentions here. It's like, I want to go and make art and, 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 and create and be a creative person, express yeah. myself and, and, and share that journey with everybody. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize it as selfish because it, it isn't just for for pure gain or anything you know you're out there trying to uh, I feel like a lot uh, a lot of creatives and artists whatever your art may be it, it isn't creation just for the sake of creating it's no. you're creating to to tell a story to evoke emotion to uh, to have a, an effect on at least one other person and yeah and okay maybe yeah you want to make a life or living off of it but that's there's nothing wrong with that i don't understand why there's so many artists backlashing and getting angry at other artists for being successful or wanting to be successful it's it's really sad it makes me upset because like we should be out of everybody in the world we should support one another because we're up against it uh artists at at large uh we have a lot to battle we have a lot of people that will misuse us or or take advantage of our 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 souls basically and um it's really dangerous and so like to that's why i said even like there's this been whole thing you know like oh this person's not very good and the blah blah making less money it's like yeah but they're doing their thing you know it's Mm -hmm. like you know and you know a lot of this i i Mache and i talk about this a bit i have a ratio of the nft basically in my opinion of how this all worked there's 50 percent luck 40 percent timing and 10 percent perseverance yeah. so it's and that's the ratio that i understood and that's what held my emotions back because i was like okay well trust in timing if i were to go say to like do a surgery that was really important life-changing the doctor mm-hmm. told me those odds i'd be like well i'm not going to do that surgery right so and i look at it like these things could be life-changing you just to be cautious about what you do and how you play your cards and you have to be very sovereign about your value you know i always say like what's the price of something that you've never sold it's priceless so you have to be careful about where your value is in this space and not just to sell yourself short and it's not an atm machine and there's humans on the other side of this equation you know there's people that are called collectors and they're a part of the ecosystem and you need to understand that respect that and trust that and also live within that space so it's it's a lot of it's a lot of education for a lot of people you know so and this was one of the reasons why i thought it'd be good to bring back the podcast to share this kind of data but i'm not mm-hmm. sure like if i'll have time and i'm also not a professional on this too so i'd have yeah. to bring like mike in or something like that you know so <laughs> i just know my own experiences and yeah i'm, yeah. I'm very on the fringes of it myself um because mm. good <laughs> stay out of it <laughs> unless 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 you want to have like a lot of madness in your head all the time so okay <laughs> yeah. I, I just i kind of i kind of like bumping along the edges of things because it's not Good. it's not just the the art or or the sort of um to be very reductionist the digital trading card kind of mm-hmm. thing yeah. um there's also like the smart contracts and things mm-hmm. like that there's the there's um there's other facets to it than just, oh, uh, you know, you can own this cool picture, basically. And, yeah. And it's there's there's going to be some very cool, interesting 
uses of, huge of technology going forward is really really neat things that we don't even understand it's like in my opinion i think it's as significant as the creation of the internet in a sense where because it's because you're taking things from the physical world and you're applying it to the digital world and value, it's a gnarly, crazy concept. So things that we're not even thinking about, like, you know, appointing and people can actually anything really, if you think about it. So the only thing, the only reason that the digital art thing is because like, you know, Medicoven and all that stuff, there's this whole thing and then people and all that stuff. So that's the, that's the highlight, but it's going to change when it becomes more like, you know, uh, dimensionalized too. And it becomes, Oh, this is, I didn't realize this could be an NFT and this and that. And people are going to really smart people and people that are actually using the technology because the technology is there and it's actually working which is really impressive and it's creating a means and 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 something for people to really tangibly obtain which is really interesting you know and we're in a volatile stage right now the the market's all over the place and stuff too so like (laughs) timing's crazy um but in my opinion, this is just my opinion, and all these things are just my opinion, so just take it all with a grain of salt, everybody, <laughs> is you need to do what you love mm-hmm. with full intention, purity. Don't sacrifice anything and have full intention, and you just do it as much as you can and be loyal to that. And the rest of it is kind of in the universe's hands. You do your best, you put your best foot forward, and you educate yourself as best as possible. But, but the most important thing, you must be um, happy with who you are and what you're doing, and and really know that you know, make those decisions uh, properly for yourself. You know, which is tough to do. You know, so oh, yeah. yeah, so that could maybe help a lot of people that are going through the FOMO and all that kind of stuff. Like, remember your value as an artist, mm-hmm. and don't shoot yourself. Don't go to uh to like just realize that there's a time and place in history for you you just have to earn it you know so yeah yeah i love i have to say i really love the the philosophical touches in that that you've gotten that you've mentioned in in our conversation today it it really it really warms my heart i don't I'm, (laughs) i'm so i'm so so deep in tech very very structured and logic and sure um and internally on my on my personal side i i have you know my own sort of thoughts and feelings on how you know people's place in the world and all that stuff and their purposes sure. and things and it's really neat to hear uh hear you mention that kind of things it's very cool i'm building a cult so if you guys want to follow me it's called the solace cult i'm just joking <laughs> no I, I appreciate that it's just these are you know just the things that because i work a lot and these are just the thoughts that ruminate through my head as i work all the time and kind of thinking about my own journey and the journey of people i love and strangers and the people around us and stuff it's uh it's it's pretty crazy you know yeah. so and it's, it's a blessing to be here and it's a blessing to exist and you know all that stuff anything if you have good health everything else is a bonus so yeah so yeah <laughs> but i didn't mean to get deep it's just simply how no, where i go so yeah i, I like yeah. It. it it's and i think it's important to mention that too is i i feel um i won't give me a moment while i kind of structure this sentence i don't want to run run ahead of myself um it can be so easy to become discouraged when, when you compare, you, you know, you mentioned how uh, other artists are getting, you know, kind of bent out of shape over the success of other artists and things sure. like that. And, and, and all, you know, their sellouts or this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard. It's hard to kind of, like you said, kind of keep a, keep focused on your purpose, your why of things. And, and, and that FOMO can get in there. And yeah. Um, so it, 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 I think it is important to kind of, mentioned that we're only human you know yeah 
Yeah, and seeing people make millions of dollars on things that you know that you could probably potentially make, you have to be careful with that because it's mm-hmm. it's like lottery winners. You know, it's like I'm a human; I could scratch a thing and buy a thing for a dollar, and it doesn't. But doesn't mean that they, you should take anything away from them. You should, right. you should bless them and be happy for them. Like that's great. And and if you if you do that, you release a lot of energy that you would potentially do as pent up like rage or anger or stress. And trust me, I went through the gambit. Okay, so like I'm and I'm not. I haven't arrived to where I want to be, but I'm getting closer every day. It's just mentally like, okay, I feel like this is good. So, but we all have our place in history, you know, and you got to just remember that and understand where your place is going to be. And you can, you can obtain as much as you want, you know, like for years, people would say to Mike, like, why are you making art every day? And he just did it because he loved it. Mike would be making art, in my opinion, I've spoken to him about this, so I can't speak on his behalf, but like we've talked about like him and I, we do art because we do art. And like most people here, we just do it because it's a part of our existence with or without the NFT thing or any of this stuff. We would still be doing it. We were, Mike was very successful and is successful as, uh, as an artist before that too, before the NFT space too. So we're very blessed with that stuff. And we just kind of simply just every day we chip away at it and learn a little something new and take that with our journey. And, you know, as years culminate for if you're, you're a young artist and then you're listening to this, it's like, just understand you have value and you have a place in history. It's just be patient with it and uh, maintain that value, you know, and be sovereign about it. You can't have the, you only have one first impression, you know, so make sure it's, it's right. And that's, if you see my strategy, my whole thing is like, I'm on Christie's because it's a strategy, it's controlling narrative and I really want to make it special. So, and that's difficult, you know, so yeah, <laughs> potentially missed out on a lot of things, a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, it's like, you can only do your own path, you know, right. so um, yeah. Because I, I feel like, you know, you just said, oh, I, I missed out on maybe a lot of things, but I feel like it didn't, it didn't hold you back. It didn't take no. anything from you, you know, maybe, you know, oh, maybe I missed out on that 50% of luck, but mm-hmm. am I, am I further behind because of it? Like, am I, am, are you ruined because Mike made $69 million off of some so his art no it didn't doesn't hurt you at all right yeah and i feel like people miss that part of it um often enough well that's the that's the perplexing things about being creative is that we are manifestors of reality so we can go into our minds and manifest something that nobody else have ever heard or seen in a product or anything and we can do that we can basically make things um and you're smart enough and your will and your willpower is uh good enough and you really want something you can actually manifest it so it's all relative so you shouldn't look at those as being details you should just think of yourself as like i'm an individual i have my own value and i will eventually um either obtain it now or 10 years from now but as long as you stick with it and you're really you know um you're just passionate about being doing the thing that you're doing because it's simply the, the existence of which you live then it all comes from that there's a weird universal law that happens from it. I don't know. I, I, I don't like, again, I don't mean to get into the whole philosophical side of things, but that's, it's just, that's where it has to go for me to understand exactly how my life works, you know? So, yeah. but, um, yeah, there's definitely, um, there's, there's a lot of stuff to consider. And like, you know, I just want the PSA for a younger artist out there. I know we're supposed to be talking about computers and techs and stuff like that, but it's all encompassing. These are tools and mechanisms in order to enable us to express ourselves. And mm-hmm. like you said, if I didn't care about, um, making work just for myself, if I only made work for myself and then we wouldn't have this conversation because nobody would know who I am, but I've made it public because I want to 
um, have that dialogue with other human beings and, and go, this is a thing that I thought, what do you think of this? And they go, Oh, this is crazy. I never even thought about that thing. And then this makes me feel this. And I go, well, that's weird. I didn't even know that. So having that dialogue is, is quite essential as much as I deny that I don't want to have that. It's a very important part, you know, so of the, the process of being a creative person. So yeah, it's quite fascinating. So yes, it is. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, you can't you can't avoid that part of it when when we talk about the creative. It's not just the tools; it's the it's the mm-hmm. whole process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to kind of swing back around to for me. It is about yeah. a a young young artists um, valuing themselves. Mm-hmm. How like say um, as a as a new creative person, a new artist. I want I'm making these things, or I want to say freelance or mm-hmm. whatnot. How how do you well, I suppose what advice could you give to somebody who's who's new and doesn't want to uh, cheapen their skill? Like mm. you, you see it all the time where, oh, hey, can you make my album cover for exposure? And mm. or, um, you know, oh, I've been I've been doing wedding photographs for a hundred dollars a wedding or whatever. But I, because I, I'm not comfortable charging more. How what sort of advice do you have to overcome some of that and, and then also gauge your value? Yeah, that's a great question. You're doing a great job, by the way. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy doing podcasts with people that know how to do this. So I appreciate that. Um, that's a tough question because, in my opinion, you when you first start or you're growing, uh, you need to just do everything you can to just get it and have make it happen. So there's levels to this game, you know. Like I ate a lot of crow in the beginning of getting yeah. things done, and that's part of the process. It's a humbling part. It also reduces your ego and it removes that part of yourself getting in your, in your way. When you develop a skill set or you get better at something, that's where really when I think that you should really start doing some refocusing. So I would say for a brand new creative, you need, you need to simply get reps in. If you're only one year in, this is a 10-year cycle in my opinion. Really to get to that level, you need to have a 10-year cycle. Okay. Then you duplicate that 10-year. There's a whole thing. It's called like the mastery, the 10-year cycle basically. And I believe believe it's to be somewhat true um because like you know like famous composers and artists of our of hum- humans basically that tenure of mastery of focusing on something for 10 years but anyways let's say if you're in the first year you have to just be willing to just if you want to get exposure then you have to do it that way if you don't want exposure then you don't have to simply the the great thing is you can say yes and no to any of this stuff you don't want to shoot weddings for a hundred dollars then you don't have to shoot weddings for $100. If you want to shoot it, like maybe let's say you shoot the first one for $100 and then the next one asks you, you say, okay, I'm totally up, up for that. Here's my work. I feel like I've grown a lot. I want to try some new things. I need to get some more foot, um, some more um, lenses or something to help. Do you think you can um, would be willing to do 150 to 200 for this one? And then you slowly incrementally grow. Don't just stay stagnant and then get mad at the world. You need to increase your value. But also in doing so, you need to sacrifice yourself to the craft and go, okay, well, I'm going to double down and all I'm going to obsess about is learning about my camera and everything about it and everything about the lens and everything about, you know, educate yourself and go learn from other people and apprentice and stuff. You, when you're at year five, that's when you can start to shift things. I feel like you can go like, okay, I've been doing this for long enough. I've been doing, you know, let's say wedding photographer or something. You can go from there. You can start to pivot and go like, okay, well, I think I'm going to start my own firm or something like that. And then you can start to churn that, you know, then, you know, then by the year 10, you're, should be world known, you know, because you're every day, you're every photo, every click, you're kind of increasing like, oh, let me try to use light this way, or let me use this location this way. And 
that's just wedding photography, but it's multidimensional, you know, right. and with everything you do, you need to ask yourself, how am I creating value for myself? And how am I creating value for those that I'm hired for, if that's the case? And how am I doing that? But in the beginning, you should just be humbled to actually do anything, you know, sure. and, and be blessed that anybody's willing to pay you for anything. I know that's probably controversial, but at the same time, that's how I started. And I think mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, you need to be humbled. And um, it's very rare, I think, I don't know if I would agree that you can just kind of come out and just start slamming it out. Maybe you're a, a genius or something like that. But I, I personally, I'm, I can, I consider myself to be kind of like, I'm not a coal miner, but I consider myself, I show up, I clock in, I put the work in, I get dirty, I work, work, work. And that's what I love. And then I'm done. I used to start like when I was directing and stuff, I was doing a lot more calls and emails interacting. I didn't like that. I like yeah. to actually touch the work and be in the work and like feel it and the benefits of that exchange of energy mm -hmm. and seeing it in real time, you know? So, but everybody's got a different motive and a, and, and a means to that, you know? So, yeah. yeah. How did you <laughs> escape from the, the, I guess the drudgery part of it, because mm -hmm. there's always, there's always the boring side of any sort of creative endeavor, especially if you were trying to make money at it, there's the paperwork and the dealing with customers and all that stuff. And sure. you, you've really got yourself to a point where you can just focus on the parts that you love. Mm. How, how did you get to that point? I guess that uh, might be a big, a big question. There's a book called uh, eat that frog that helped okay. me a lot. Um, I think Vitaly, my buddy Vitaly Bogorov, uh, says nine pretty good that that time too sometimes i butcher it because i'm american uh but yeah i'm, I'm sure you're probably familiar with Vitaly. he's an incredible artist um but he um, we were sharing books and stuff and that was one of the books and that book changed my life called eat that frog by brian tracy and it basically taught me how to prioritize my 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 life basically and okay. i do it to this day i actually still do it i have a I have two sketchbooks and i have one book that's like basically it has like all my every day is like uh how and what's being done so yeah. um and i do the list before but anyways long story short is it helped me prioritize and understand how my day works basically so and i only just i used to do like all kinds of weird things for random things and i was like i was swamped and like confused and annoyed that i wasn't able to do the things that i wanted and i realized oh i have a lot of things that i do that aren't really a priority i'm just like giving people my time unknowingly and it's destroying myself. So I took control of that and I only just did A and B list priorities. Another big important part is my wife is handles all the paperwork and scheduling and reading NDAs and, you know, contracts and all that kind of stuff. So I have my wife to thank huge because I'm able to simply just focus on learning and growing and creating. So um, without her, I couldn't do the things that I do, obviously. So there's those two things is like really prioritizing my time, valuing myself a huge above everything, mm -hmm. my interests and, and, and really feeding that being selfish about what is important to me and like really putting time into that. It did take a long time and there is a lot of drudgery still. It's just trying to go through that, you know, but I simply cut things out that I don't like. If I don't like doing calls and stuff like, you know, we have a, we have our partnership with this. And, and part of that partnership is me going to expose how much I love your guys' company and what you guys are doing. It's just natural because I don't like to just go out and promote falsely. You guys make a great product and we're partnering, but I don't do these kind of things. I haven't done a podcast in a long time. I did one with chaos group, I think too, because I was like trying to show, show, um, show that I was using their products too as well. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I, 
kind of stay away from doing these things. So, because that's not something I'm all, I would rather just work, you know? So not to say it's bad. It's just, I, there's only, you know, a, a finite amount of time, the richest person and the poorest person, we, we all share the same currency. That's time. So what you do with your time is really, a, a, you know, it's a direct result to your personal happiness and everything, you know? So I try to just be very stringent about it and schedule things. And my phone's always going off with alarms and like I'm switching tasks and stuff too. So, but yeah, every day is I'm trying to chip closer to that Supreme, like um, getting to the place where I feel like happiest basically, yeah. which is just creating as much as possible being expressive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a journey. I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> check that out myself. Cause I great book, great book. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apply it. Yeah. Trouble. Um, figuring out what is a priority. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. I, I know all the things I need to do to get, you know, to meet a goal or to get a job done or whatever, but sure. like figuring out which one's more important and which to do first or, or, and whatnot is, has been a, uh, constant. I'm, I've gotten better and better and better over time, but I'm always get this book. You know, it's a weapon. Yeah, It'll help cool. you understand yourself so much better than you realize, because we kind of go through life just kind of making decisions and going like, Oh crap, why did I make the decision? And now I'm stuck doing this thing that I know I didn't want to do, yeah. you know? So if you, and, and it's, it's, it's selfish and it's ego driven in a certain way, but at the same time, it's like, I'm fully aware that I'm only happy based on what this thing is. And that only helps. That only happens if I really prioritize my time. I say no to like 90% of everything. And I've, I basically, I could go and make a lot of money, do all the kinds of stuff. And I, I, I at least I feel like I could by like saying yes to all these jobs and, and, and hiring teams and do that. This is not interesting to me. I just don't, there's a cost to that and it's my sanity and, no thanks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather just, it seems weird. I'd rather just like design cars in 3d or hang out and, you know, build stuff with, with Carlos or Mache and have fun making fun art and, you know, just drawing and painting. The other day I was making some Gundam stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. Just, I'll probably share that with everybody soon, but I was just like, Oh, I want to the weekend. I was like, I just want to make some paintings from Gundams. Like, cool. I've allowed myself the ability to do so. So, yeah. So I love it. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's, you're, you're chasing the happiness, not like the dollar and stuff. You just want to, you just the money comes. The you love the most. I love that so much. The money comes, man. It, it definitely comes and it comes in droves when you are really being authentic to it. It's really kind of weird. If you're authentic to yourself and you really push it and you're actually, I'm reading a book called uh, The Fountainhead by Anne Rand. Have you read that book nope. before? I highly recommend that book too. It's a, it's a fictional book, but, um, my buddy, Joshua Davis, who's also another artist who's in the Christie's, he's a, like a OG badass, like programmer artist, really awesome dude. But he recommended it to me and it's been amazing. I'm loving it because if you're an auteur, if you're a certain specific kind of artist like me, who is very stubborn and has a vision and all these kind of things, like it'll help you because there's a character in this book that'll really, you'll resonate with. So highly recommend this book because Howard Rourke is his name. And it's just like him dealing with the world, hating him and like critics and stuff. And like, you know, nowadays when we have like, you know, everybody's has access to give you criticism. It's like, this book helped me just kind of go like, none of that matters. You know, it's like other people's opinions of me have no business of mine, you know? So it's like, you just kind of go through it and just do my thing, you know, <laughs> have fun and express yourself, you know? So, Dang. yeah. 
Right on. Yeah. We are a little over our hour now. Uh, oh, yeah. Anything you'd like to mention, shout out. I, I have the link to your Christie's auction ready to go. Awesome. Gonna, Appreciate that. Throw that out there real fast. But yeah. is there anything else you want to you want to mention or say or, or or shout out or anything before we go? I really love what you guys are doing. You know, honestly, like um, I only back things that I really am into. And thanks to Mache for turning me on to you guys because he it's due to him. So Mache and Mache has an awesome Puget system computer as well. Um, so I really appreciate it. If you're interested into like, you know, having a computer built, if you don't have the time or means or uh, like me, I just like there's the things so like you guys did like two days of like stress testing the ram i have 256 gigs of ram i should actually also if you want to maybe you can somehow share my system with everybody but like i'll, I'll run it down really quickly because i know this is what we're here to to talk about and some of the hardware and stuff but i have an amd ryzen threadripper 3990x mm-hmm. 2.9 gigahertz 64 core um I have eight crucial DDR4 32 gigabyte RAM sticks in there, and that's 256. The reason why I have that much RAM is because you do a lot of After Effects stuff, and that's why I'm going to start shifting heavy work over to that computer. My other computer, I had 128 gigs. Also, I'm going to be using a lot of stuff in Houdini eventually, probably, I'm sure. So, And Houdini is very RAM intensive. Yeah. I have two 3090, 24 gig um Founders Editions, NVIDIA GeForce RTX cards. Um, I have the Intel 10 gigabyte Ethernet um, adapter, basically, which helps with the networking, going to the NAS and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I have eight terabytes of uh, SSD drives. um, And I think the rest of it's just kind of, you know, yeah, awesome point. stuff <laughs> it's, it's 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 important stuff it's just the, the case and stuff but yeah that's those are the general like the pieces and as mm-hmm. i think i explained it is i have this computer is designed to work heavily in and corona and cpu and potentially um v-ray eventually if i end up going to using 3d studio max or using v-ray for um cinema and then also for using corona or um, octane too because i use both of those things and complete disclosure that's just how i work and right. you find your own thing. Some people are like, um, like Ian's working with Blender and doing insane stuff with Blender. So some people are using Unreal Engine, doing insane stuff. So like, there's no rhyme or reason or um, the right path for everybody. It's it's what you want to do and how you want to do it. So, and I would, if I were you, I would hear this, but I'd at the same time do your own research, discover what you like, ask yourself what you want to do, and really kind of investigate why you're using those things. The weapon that we've built here is specifically made to execute exactly the, what I need as powerful as we could put it into one small box. So, yeah. So I think, I think that's it. And uh, yeah, yeah. The Christie's auction, that's super cool. And yeah, just shout out to everybody. Um, hopefully everybody's doing well. And yeah, the, my daughter taught me this little heart thing there day. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that cool? I saw it in photos like that's okay. What is that? Yeah. So yeah. Mad love to everybody and hopefully everybody's doing well. COVID's almost out of America, which is great. So we're able to kind of travel and, and be humans again, which is awesome. So very excited about that. So yeah, many blessings. Didn't realize how good we had it prior. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ash, for taking time out of the day. And as we've talked about, you're a very busy man. So I appreciate you taking some time to to talk with us today. This was really, really cool. I I personally thank you. And as a representative of Puget Systems, I thank you as well. Um, Thank you. Super cool. Thank you for uh, your time. 
And thank you everybody over at Puget and, and get a computer from them. If you guys want a badass machine that's made by pros that actually know what they're doing. And it's just great. Chad Ashley actually has one too from Grayscale Gorilla and oh, we got right. our builds at the same time. So I, I don't know if you didn't did one of these with him yet, but he's great. And we talked about it, you know, the machines and stuff and why we did what we did. So yeah, we like to push our machines to the, the brink. So yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, props. And, Thank you guys. Yeah. And I'd like to reiterate as well that we do systems that are specific, like Ash had mentioned, mm-hmm. specific to a purpose. These aren't just cookie cutters. We, we They're not gaming machines either. So which is like you could, I suppose. But well, I'm sorry. I mean, my machine. There are work. For, yeah, you're right. I, I apologize. But like, <laughs> but for me, like that was one of the biggest appeals. Is like before, like when Octane first happened, all we had was like game gamer machines, and it's like. Right. But I'm not a gamer. I'm a serious professional working in like CGI. So, but you're right. I apologize. You guys do oh, make no, machines no, no. for the spectrum, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can a tool could be used as a hammer or anything. You know what I mean? But um, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I didn't our, mean that you guys don't make systems that get, our focus uh, is yeah. although on on getting tools to get work done, whatever, and mm-hmm. and specifically hyper focused on on the task at hand, and mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I just wanted to, to kind of highlight that and, and also thank the audience as well for, for joining us today. Yeah. Um, we do this every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you know, we bring in industry experts like Ash, and uh, we also have our internal experts to kind of, you know, give you guys an insight into how hardware affects your software and workflow. Uh, so be sure to, you know, mark your calendars for that Friday's 1 p.m. Pacific, and uh, we'll see you guys all next time. Awesome. See you, everybody. Ciao.